We are here for another episode of the Comfort Monk Podcast. We were just realizing we don't know if we're the Comfort Monk Podcast yeah, or just Comfort Monk. Monk. We we never discussed it. These are the the, the lesser important things, I suppose. Um, if we ever have an imposter, we'll have to be known as the. Uh, we could be the Comfort Monk. Like you mean like T H E E? Yeah, that would be pretty rad. That would be. Oh um, well, today we brought in our friend Kayla Freilich, who's. Uh, on top of being a great friend of ours, she's a, an extremely talented songwriter and musician as a whole. Um, she's going to be talking with Amelia Meath of the band Sylvan Esso and Mountain Man. Um, and I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. How did how'd you feel like it went, Kayla? Man, I... So here's a little, like, one little backstory. Um, the first time that I met, like, my favorite writer of all time... She was giving a reading um, after uh, in Spartanburg. She was giving a reading, and I got a chance to meet her. And I and I had like kind of planned what I was going to say in my head. And like the minute I walked up to her to like introduce myself and try and be like really cool, I just said the dumbest things. And and I walked away from it. And like I was like maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. And then like my friends that were there with me, they just looked at me and they were like. Yikes, what happened to you there? <laughs> well, I can say uh, from the standpoint of being a fly on the wall during this interview that you did not have that happen. Well, I'm, and I think I told that because I, I think I learned a lot yeah. from, from that moment. But, um, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Amelia Meath. I've loved Mountain Man and Sylvanesso and um, and I just really appreciate the way that she works and the things that she comes up with. So it was, you know, like... Given the opportunity to talk to her, I, I knew it was a really rich opportunity. Like I had the chance to to really talk about a lot of the things that I've personally been interested in um, over the you know last few years when it comes to you know songwriting and pop music and and creating with different projects. So I was super super stoked on the idea of of being able to talk to her, and um, I think it went I think it went well. There were like there were a few moments where I was like, man, I wish I had a better question to ask right now. Or like, I got thrown off because she was so, she was so, you know, like conversational and, and she seemed so, you know, kind and open and, and willing to talk. And, um, but I think overall it went really well. She was just so easy to talk to. Well, I was telling Eddie while we were, you know, just eavesdropping that uh, no, I guess the goal for all of us, you know, we want everybody to have their own sort of flavor to how they how they approach interviewing and or just chatting, you know. Um, but I think the goal was to have it feel more conversational and not be super scripted feeling. And I think from just from my rough assessment of how it went, that that was like one of the most natural and conversational ones I heard. And plus, I mean, you guys just. I think your approach was already different than anyone else's in a really cool way. Like just the, the, the natural progression of the conversation was really, I just felt very fluid and natural. It was nice. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to have her on. I saw her, and uh, I want to say it was 2010 with Mountain Man at the Newport Folk Festival. And at that time, I would have been like 18, maybe 19 at the time. Um, and she just. It was incredible. They, they, the, I think aren't they? They're a trio, right? Mm -hmm. Mountain Man. Yeah. And everybody in that project is like bringing a hundred and ten percent their mm -hmm. A game, and they're just phenomenal vocalists as well as just musicians in general. But then you know, however many years later, when Sylvanessa 
I'm not really sure the timeline there. I know it was after, but um, well, I could fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure that that's mm -hmm. the latter of the two. Um, it just was like such a departure, but so natural. I mean, she crushes that sound. Both, I, both of them do. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I think one thing that uh, Sylvan Esso, <clears throat> how the music sounds to me, is kind of like you took like some kind of like chamber pop like say like early uh, Feist or something like that and just kind of replaced all of like maybe pull out some cello and replace it with a little synth synthesizer yeah. you know pull out the the maracas and hand, hand cymbals and stuff and replace it with you know a, a drum machine mm -hmm. to me that's kind of what you know right. what, what the sound is like I mean it feels so it makes sense to go feels from mountain fairly minimalist still which is kind of in line with Mountain Man, like they mm -hmm. they they kind of stripped it down a bit there. I mean, it's a completely different take on minimalism mm -hmm. musically. But you know, the, if you listen to like that the song Coffee, that's like one of their more well-known tracks. I mean, there's there can't be that many instruments mm -hmm. in there's general a lot of space on that, that track, yeah. and it sounds great that way. Like, so there's a lot of like breathy pauses where you can like. But yet it's still super rhythmic, you know. It's, it's, it's interesting how they find that balance because it's not, it's not. There's a level of minimalism where it can feel almost too sparse sometimes, or just like it's not serving the song. Like maybe you should have layered this a little more, and they are like nowhere near that. They're way, they've got like a pretty fine tuned. Yeah, there's a lot of control to what they do. Also, I mean, both Mountain Man and Sylvanesso is kind of like, you know, these really, really. I don't want to. Maybe control is the wrong word because that has a negative connotation, but there's so much, it's so intentional, yeah. I guess. Um, I mean, those harmonies that they, they do with Mountain Man and how like how closely woven they are mm -hmm. and, and you know how they perfectly know how to dance around one another. And Sylvanesso, which is just like, you know, from a pop standpoint, it's like knowing, they know like the right sounds to put in that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and... Yeah, it's, it's like there's a big dam. That's everything that they're doing, and then they just have like a little spigot, and they're just mm -hmm. letting out a, a very precise. Love a gallon jug at a time. Yeah. yeah, with just sweet pop really genius. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, well, I guess um, we can just jump into it and let let the people hear how you guys or how the conversation went down. Let the people mm -hmm. hear that I don't know what a trebuchet is. That's okay. It happens. <laughs> uh, I was wondering, Kayla, do you have any shows or anything coming up anytime soon? Oh, yeah, yeah um, I guess, I mean, depending on when this comes out, uh, Girls Block is happening very soon. Um, it may have already happened by the time this comes out. But I don't think so. I think we'll get, so. I think we'll get okay, it out in the world okay. before then. Yeah. Um, so Girls Block is happening. Uh, which I'm super excited about. Got Do a kind of super sneaky project that's happening. Oh, yeah, that. you've got a new project there, um, too. And then playing Indie Grits with this guy over here um, on the, the. This guy is this me. Guy, that's still in. If you're not watching us record this, <laughs> I did just point to mm -hmm. him. The only person who saw that point was Sassy, Teddy's <laughs> beautiful pup. Uh, so, Girls Buck and Indie Grits. And I think I've got a first Thursday coming up at some point, but that's yeah. awesome. On the, on the well, radar. thank thanks for coming here and making the oh time to gosh. do this. I know we kind of hit you up about it pretty last minute, but <laughs> it worked out. It's I okay. thought I mean you came super. I mean you came super prepared. Oh, uh, not that I, I would have expected anything different, um, but I just thought you 
You really crushed it with that. I'm really excited for people to hear this. Thank you so much. Yeah, this was, this was a blast. Appreciate the opportunity. And right. the tea. Thank you. Yeah, you. tea is a big part of the <laughs> equation here at Comfort Mont. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Um, I don't know which one we're going to put out next. Every time I say that I think I know, I really don't. So just hang tight. We'll be putting out something else exciting after this, I promise. All right, let's get to it then. Goodbye. Goodbye. Amelia, hi. Hello, how are you? I'm so good. This is Kayla Freilich. I'm calling you from Columbia, South Carolina. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm in North Carolina. It's so close. So close to one another. So close. So close and so far at the same time. So where are you right now? I'm in Durham, North Carolina. Durham, North Carolina. But like physically in what kind of space are you in? Oh, right now I'm walking towards my, uh, I'm like next to a, a big road and I'm going to be on a porch while we do this interview, if that's okay. That's a wonderful place to be. That is very okay. Cool. Yeah. What, what kind of big road are we talking? Is it like a, like a highway, like a, like a, got some McDonald's on the strip or is it? Uh, oh no, it's a, it's on, it's Roxborough Road. Okay. I'm actually um, across the street. There's a neighbor in my uh, my my husband's parents are visiting. And we're going to go have dinner over at their house. Oh, that's they so rented nice. an Airbnb, oh. and they are across the street from the house in our neighborhood that has decided to build a mini trebuchet. Oh boy, is it fancy yeah, which, or is it like? Do you feel classy? The mini trebuchet. Yeah. Do you know a mini trebuchet is a like form? It's like in the Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's like the thing that flings giant rocks at a building. <laughs> was, it's I'm like thinking... a medieval. It's a medieval <laughs> weapon. That's not classy. That is like probably the opposite of classy. I'm thinking. Why am I thinking trebuchet is like a like a fountain? Tributary is that where I went with that word? Oh, I. I think a tributary. It's like a little stream, right? Yeah, that's close. Okay. Well, we can we can edit this out later. <laughs> oh no, keep it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, walk us through walk us through your day. Like, what's your, what's your day been today? Today, I let's see. Today we did. I'm in the process of uh, writing, recording, uh, mixing the uh, next Sylvanessa record. Oh, cool. So Nick and I, let's see, what did I do? I got up this morning and I ran. I have been doing training for a half marathon okay. and it's taking up too much of my time. So I've decided that I'm just get to run four miles a day and not get stressed out about it because yeah. I was having to run like two hours a day. Yeah. Which was horrible. Did you, did um, the marathon happen already or you've, no, I stopped. I gave myself permission to stop training because okay. I don't have enough time to run two hours a day yeah, right now. That's a lot of time in, running. 
Yeah, and we're in the crunch zone. We want to be done with this record by March 9th so that we can go to L.A. and mix it. Oh, cool. I was Yeah, that was a question I was going to ask was what sort of season of life are you in as a musician right now? So I guess that answers it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So today was drum day, so we had our friend Joe Westerlin in to build. We wanted to make something that sounded like a sample, like a breakbeat. Yeah. So we had, we like built a breakbeat. Oh, that's cool. By recording it yeah. today. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I, I've got a, I got all kinds of questions for you. But um, so I really wanted to talk to you. I wanted to talk to you about pop music. I have, I, I've had so many conversations with people about pop music over the last over the last year because I've kind of like I've kind of turned into like a super pop music fan, which I wasn't mm-hmm. before. I was kind of like welcome, yeah, welcome. I, the water is great here. I feel like you are the person that I need to talk to about this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for your, your willingness to do that. Um, oh my so, gosh, of course. <laughs> okay, so so Sylvanesso has been described as a lot of different genres but it, like one of the the baselines is is pop right so you've been like sort mm-hmm. of folk pop electronic pop like but pop is always kind of like the word that's there um and i was reading i was reading some of your your interviews particularly one from the new york times a couple years ago and you said um that you've been studying the magic of pop songs that twist around mm-hmm. one idea and like one smart line so i was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about that and like where where this like appreciation for pop music came from and or what your 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 maybe ways that you still want to kind of distance yourself from it yeah um so for me pretty much every song that is made to be like, you know, because of the definition pop, right, popular music, mm-hmm. everyone is kind of reaching to write a pop song or a popular song whenever they are writing a song, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, uh, you're so when you're writing, you're really just looking for a universal idea to write about yeah. so that everybody can relate to it. Okay. Which I think is the best form of art. It's something that everyone feels permission to either own or comment on. Um, And I got interested in, I noticed that there was a trend in pop music of using a, like a common turn of phrase that everyone uses Mm -hmm. and flipping that phrase around to mean different things, depending on what part of the song you're in. Mm -hmm. So, like, a good example, I mean, there are so many. Yeah. Um, might not be able to think of one right now, but I'll keep I'll keep it in the back of my head. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, yeah, well, you know, like, all of the, all of the turns of phrase that people use all of the time, and then they, like, like, um, this is embarrassing, but Die Young is a song like that, because yeah. everyone talks about, like, only the good die young. Right, right. Or, like, or all of those things, and it's, like taking that phrase and changing it okay, to mean something different, but it's something that's like lived in people's brains and mouths forever. Right. So it's like, it's almost like it's subverting the expectation of what that line is and how it's used. Yeah. But it also, it also like everyone feels entitled to that line and okay. understands that line or has a personal connection to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. 
And so to you, what is, what is pop music like at its, at its best? Like what can pop music do? At its best, pop music e- unites people together. Okay. And what do you think it From is at all... its worst? I don't like, I, I think at its, at its worst, it's just bad music. Mm. <laughs> which like, w- Yeah. Which means that, and it's so easy to make bad music, so. Oh, yes. Um, do you have, like, a least favorite, like, pop music trend that's happened, like, over the over the years? Not really. Um, I don't like it when uh, songs don't talk about, or, like, I guess the trend of, uh, like, talking uh, songs about men wanting to, have sex with women and women not being able to give consent to it oh, or, Oh, yeah. or the like, you're so beautiful and you don't know it thing. Oh, and that's what worst. makes you beautiful. Yes. That sucks. Like anything that's like regressive and not feminist. Yeah. Um, but there's all sorts of really fun pop trends right now. Like I really like right now when a song doesn't have a good enough hook, how mm producers will like take a line and then make it into a melodic hook by like bending and auto-tuning <laughs> and like reversing and flipping a sentence yeah i love yeah. that right now okay okay um so uh you, you said something a second ago um about songs that are regressive like what are there any pop artists right now that are doing the opposite of that that are that are making music right now that you feel is really kind of you know progressing a particular narrative or like artists that you feel oh like are gosh. doing it right right now? So many people. Um, Muna right now is like my oh, favorite so pop band. Yeah. And I think they're, they're like just doing, you know, working off of so many, so many normal, normal themes, but it's also just really refreshing to have like a band of like of like incredible songwriters talking about queer themes, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. really exciting. I think perfume genius is doing some really amazing work. I think that new Grimes record is really incredible. I'm really enjoying how people are talking about uh, their dread through <laughs> pop song. Yeah. I feel like that's been Which, something that is, is happening a lot more that like that's happening a lot more or people are feeling more comfortable um, expressing that maybe, or there's more of a space mm-hmm. for it. Um, I think, uh, have you, have you listened to, uh, Julia Michaels at all? I have, I have, I haven't dipped into her, the new things that she's been making. Yeah. I think she's, Should she's I? one of, oh, I think she's wonderful. I think she's, I mean, she started writing, uh, you know, these pop hits when she was so young. Um, uh, but she just came out with her, her own stuff like a, like a year or so ago. Um, but I think she's oh, yeah. one of those artists that's like in the popular realm. So she has a really wide audience, but she's doing a lot to to progress this idea of, you know, like bringing a little bit of honesty to to pop music. Um, and mm-hmm. a lot of her work is 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 talking about like anxiety and like it, social anxiety, a lot of it. And um, but I think she's a smart writer and, and she's really like one of the ones that got me kind of like hooked on this pop train of like, wow, you can have like the super sleek, like catchy thing and also be talking about, you know, existential dread at the same time. Like that's, that's yeah. pretty cool. 
Um, so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, she had that. Um, she had that like. I'm like you're fucked up and I'm fucked up too. And let's be fucked up together. Song, yeah. Right. That seems on brand. For yeah. Her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so where do you, what role do you see Sylvanesso playing and, and sort of like maybe not redefining pops um, potential, but like what, what sort of role do you, do you see Sylvanesso playing in the pop scene? Um, I think that, I think I see Sylvanesso as a contributor, but also we function outside of the major label lens. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously, if we'd had a crossover hit that had made it to pop radio, I would feel, like, completely able to comment and contribute to, like, the idea of us contributing to, like, the, the pop world landscape. Yeah. But at the moment, we're just having, like, we've always had fun being on the periphery. Yeah. And... using that to our advantage and that we get to like, we still get to play really large venues to like a lot of people, but we get to like really define our own rules and not, not have to go on radio tour yet, which I would love to do. I would love for Sylvanesso to have a crossover radio hit, but also at the same time, like I'm pretty happy with the level that my career is at right now. The (laughs) idea of, of having, yeah, of taking that on, would be super fun and also uh, would really change my job. Right. What What do you think yeah. that would change? And, and what do you think sounds super fun about that? I, you know, I love the idea of uh, like, if there's a, there's like a common denominator thing with the radio where everybody listens to the radio in a different way than people who like seek out music to listen to listens to the radio. So like, mm-hmm you get a lot more people from different walks of life if you're on, if you have a radio hit, honestly, um, which is like super exciting to me. And I just love the idea of getting, of like little girls and boys all over, so all over America getting to hear our like really fun, queer, strange pop songs about like dread and (laughs) love and being confused and, you know, all those things. Yeah, all like the, the honest things, right? Like all the things mm-hmm. that we're, we're going to feel and we're going to experience. That's really dreamy. I yeah. like that. I like that. Um, yeah, that would be the dream. But also, like, um, the thing that I love about my career so far, or, like, in the thing I love about being a professional musician and one who's fortunate enough to have an audience uh, that supports me monetarily is that the job is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Nick and I are a media company one moment and then uh, like a duo, a performing duo at one moment and then a PR company. And then, you know, like we're like constantly shifting and moving around, like making music videos, doing packaging, thinking about ways of like launching our single into the world, stuff like that. So it's really fun. And if it was at a larger scale, I don't think I'd have the bandwidth in the same way to do Mm -hmm. all those things. Or I, I, I could, but. The more people, the more we expand, the more you have to pay attention to the details to make sure that everything is excellent. Right. Or like I, true true to what we believe in and what we want to say. Sure. So that's just a lot more work. Do you also lose like a little bit of, of control over it? Is that something that you appreciate about where you are right now in your career? Oh, 100%. And that's the thing is that I would like, 
I don't think I would be able to let the control go in the, or like right now I wouldn't know who I would hire Mm. that I would trust enough to do that. So it would mean that I would be working a lot harder. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, kind of, I, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, about mountain man as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I'd, I'd love to talk about how you, how you create for these different projects. Um, because mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I imagine the the creative process is is seemingly different between the two of them. But but is there any sort of uh, things that you find that you're doing the same, or do they feel very different, like the way that you create? You know, it's interesting. They actually feel quite similar because they're they're both like deeply, deeply rooted in collaboration, mm-hmm. and the thing that we're reaching for with both projects is the same, which is like writing like music that is as honest as we possibly can get. Mm-hmm. Um, and as truthful as we can get, uh, without feeling too exposed or freaked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so like that, like making, it's nice because in Mount Man, I don't have to think about hooks as much mm-hmm. in the same way, or like, it's not, it's under the assumption that like, there's there's like a lot more leeway in the songs that I write yeah. for Mountain Man, but I've also, I haven't written that many songs. I like, I was never really the primary songwriter for Mountain Man. I was more like a, like a ranger, mm. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're all arrangers mm-hmm. in, in Mountain Man, but like the majority of my songs have gone into Sylvanesso. Like for this past record, for this past record, I wrote like three and they were all kids songs. Which is like, I guess that's, I mean, we all wrote three. Maybe, maybe it's just, no, maybe I do write songs from Mountain Man, but it just seems like I'm more excited about singing Molly and Alexander's songs. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I've, I've actually, so I, I'm also a musician and a songwriter, and I've recently started writing with, I like done my first round of collaboration, uh, really, because mm-hmm. I've always been such a solitary writer, but I've recently started writing with two other women <laughs> here in Columbia. And I've found that, like, when we get together, I, I, I don't want to work on the songs that I've written. I just, like, want to sing the songs that they, that they have done. Um, mm-hmm. Do you ever feel, what, what, what is that? I guess, I guess, what is that, what is that feeling of, like, just wanting to do someone, <laughs> someone else's work? Yeah, for me, it's that, like, I there's an element of the unknown in working on Molly and Alexander's songs mm-hmm. that where, like, I stand to learn a lot more because they choose melodic structures and ideas that I don't think about. You know, it's like I get to dip inside of their head and learn a new, a new idea and a new way that they've been mm-hmm. arranging and thinking. And then I get to, like, add to that braid, mm-hmm. which is super exciting. And I always feel like I learn new things when I work, when I work on their work. Yeah. Whereas with my songs, like I, I know how, or like, I just have a directorial role. Sure. Um, yeah. I think it's, so a I think that's why it's so exciting to me. Yeah. And I think it's so, it's so much easier to get kind of locked into an idea when you've been working on something of your own for so long and to kind of like step outside is a really like step outside and look at it is a really hard thing to do. Um, and I think I've, I think I feel similarly that you do similarly as you do with like 
I there's a confidence in like working with someone else's song about like what I could possibly bring to it because it's such a tiny little thing that I that I want to add to their work. Um, and I don't know. I've I've this is also my first time collaborating with another with like two other women um, and being mm-hmm. in this really intimate space. Uh, I've played with another band before and I was wondering if, um, is that something that feels different for you? Like, uh, you know, you, you work with your, with your partner, with Nick on, on all of your Sylvanesso things, but is there something about working with Mountain Man that, that feels different maybe than working with Sylvanesso? Um, I don't know if that's a leading oh, yeah, question I mean, or not. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many things that feel different because they're two wildly different projects. Yeah. In that, in that, like, the audience is different. The like, I think the philosophy is oddly similar, but like the palette is very different. Um. So, I like yes, the, the two experiences are are very very different but also mountain man was my first band yeah so like i learned how to be in a band for mountain man yeah so like i made all of the like i took all of the big steps and made all of like the the confusing mistakes (laughs) with that band Uh, what are what's one of those confusing mistakes well you know being like 20 and learning how to live in a car (laughs) or like figuring out like how like figuring out how to be like a good member of the musical community and like not be mean to a sound person because they're like male and scary. (laughs) Right. Right. You know, like figuring out like how to comport yourself in a way that will like, uh, like ask for a risk that will like, you know, denote respect. Sure. But also like, be memorable and fun so that you're so that they like think of you fondly as opposed to like forget about you the minute you walk out of the door right that's a lot of things to try and do at once 100 percent. (laughs) yeah trying to learn how to write advanced emails (laughs) right all of that stuff figuring out how to book a hotel oh that's a that's a huge that's a huge thing that's an intimidating process yeah it was a lot (sighs) Figuring out how to book shows and like be a self advocate and yeah, all the all that stuff. Hmm. Were you um, were you involved in your music community when you were younger? Like like going to shows as a high schooler or um, what was your music community like where you grew up? I, I I grew up in Cambridge, Massachusetts, so I went to a lot of shows at the Middle East downstairs hmm. and. Um, a lot of shows at the Brattle Theater, or really just one show, but it was a formative show. It was Jason Anderson and Mount Erie mm. and Thanksgiving. Um, which is a really important show for me when I was small in terms of understanding that I could do DIY touring. Um, I always went to school outside of Cambridge, so I didn't really have, like I had some people in high school that I would go to shows with. Um but I didn't make music. I wasn't allowed in the music program at my high school because I didn't read music. Oh. Um, yeah. Which like, I kind of get in that literally everybody wanted to be in the music program. But at the same time, I was like, if you let me audition, I would do a good job, but you won't. So, 
fuck you. <laughs> well, when did you start? When uh, like when did you start playing shows and getting involved? Like actually putting yourself out there. Yeah. Well, oh, here's the thing. I also grew up singing in like a winter solstice celebration that was a stage show called the Christmas Rebels. Oh, I was like deeply rooted in like hippie folk, um, Cambridge traditions. That's that included doing things like on the summer solstice, waking up and dancing to the side of the Charles River and singing across the Charles River to the people who had danced from Boston to to their side of the river. And we would sing across the river at each other. You know, it was like truly magical, really fun. Yeah. So like I had that in terms of my musical education. Okay. Um, and failed piano lessons. (laughs) And then, um, in college, it was in college because I realized that um, I like I was singing harmony with Alexandra and Molly. I realized that we could call ourselves a band. And then my friend Bleeker, who plays in real estate in his band, Alex Bleeker and the Freaks, um, who is my the Bennington College equivalent of an RA, yeah. but we called them house chairs, said, like, you should make a MySpace. MySpace is important to be a band. And I made one. And that was how we got, that was how, like, I started booking us tours was through MySpace. Does that MySpace still exist? What? Does that MySpace still exist? Like your original page? I have no idea. Have you been to MySpace recently? It's like a crazy (laughs) pop-up weirdo zone. Like, I, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I try. It hasn't been recently, but at some point last year, I, I, it like suddenly dawned on me. I don't know where it came from, but I was like, my MySpace is going to exist forever, like until like, the site goes away. And I tried to like, I mean, there's no way I could log on. I mean, that email is like long gone. So it's just like trapped in the internet sphere. So I will like forever be 16 on MySpace. And yeah, so, I think actually a little while back they lost like half of the website somehow, so it might have been deleted. Oh, that's great news. And that's what I'm doing tonight <laughs> when I get home. I'm going to go see if my MySpace still exists. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I look forward to seeing if, you know, like my top eight is, is still fresh on the page. Um, oh, <laughs> so you're uh, So you're living in Raleigh, Durham right now. Um, and you move. I live in Durham. Okay. Yeah. Raleigh's just like 20 minutes away. Okay. Okay. It's like a little triangle situation, right? Like you've got like Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. Am I way off in my geography here? No, you're, we do have like Raleigh, Durham and Chapel Hill, but it's like saying like, um, that's like being from Boston, being from Cambridge and people saying you're from Boston or like being from Oakland and people saying you're from Berkeley. Okay. You know, yeah. So, you, so you're you're a Durham a Durham resident right now. Um, yeah, that's what, the truth. <laughs> what prompted what prompted that move? It was really serendipity. I had I had just gotten off tour um, from being singing backup for Feist. Mountain mm-hmm. Man was hired into Feist for the Metals tour, and I was 24, and Feist had paid me a very generous day rate, so I'd made like more money than I had ever made in my entire life. And I was living in an apartment in Red Hook, Brooklyn, and just realized that if I moved to someplace that was cheaper, I could live off of the money that I had made mm-hmm. for 
like a year or two if I lived frugally. Um, And that was a perfect opportunity to write a record. And Nick and I had been talking via email about making something. And so I decided like, okay, well, I'll go live in Durham for six months. And now here I am, you know, building a studio, got a house. Is that where he was? Was he in Durham at the time? Yeah, he moved like right around the time when I moved, actually. Like he was planning on moving. And then I was like, okay, I'll come meet you and like we can live in the same neighborhood and work. Okay. Well, my, my, the reason I ask is I, I'm, I'm curious and I'm wondering how, how much the community of like being in a smaller place, um, has affected your creative process or, or what's it like living in, in a place that's not super well known for like, it's, I, I, I guess I don't know much about Durham and the art scene there, but like, it's not Brooklyn, mm-hmm. it's not Austin, it's, you know, not Nashville or anything like that, but like, it's a smaller slower place um what is the what's the art community like there it's really kind of popping off right now there's a lot of i mean like durham has always been the home of the american dance festival so it's always been like a hotbed of it's also like a college town so we have unc we have duke um so there's like always been a lot of art moving through the town itself um and right now there's there's so many different bands like Molly and Alexander both live here. So daughter of swords is here. Molly Sarley is here. His golden messenger is here. Mm-hmm. Um, the band megaphone, which Nick was in when he moved here is from here. There's like Lonelands is here. There's so many local bands. Wells is here. There's like a bunch of really cool new bands like blooming out of this area right now. And that have been for years and years. You know, Merge Records is here. Super Chunk started there. You know, like, there's so many. There's, like, just a a lot of musicians walking around all the time, which is really fun. Yeah. How does that... Yeah, uh, so... I'm sorry, go ahead. um, So, like, I think the pace, in terms of it being a smaller town the pace of life is really wonderful and gives me a really good shift between tours, which is so everything all the time. Mm. And I get to see all of the cities and then come home to this place. That's just calmer. Mm. That was a problem with being on tour and living in New York where I would come home and just realize that the reason why I had moved to New York was because for my whole life, I had just longed to live at the speed that like Manhattan and Brooklyn lives at. And I realized once I had been touring that I had achieved that in my real life and didn't mm. need to go back to it when I was done with tour. Mm. So it's it's wonderful in that way. And also you can, you know, you're 20 minutes away from an airport. It's really chill. You can go to a bar and there'll be like five people in there and you know all of them. Yeah. It's really wonderful. Yeah. That's such a great thing about living in a, a small close knit space, which is Colombia's pretty much it's pretty much the same. Which is it's a great feeling. Um but do you how how essential do you feel like that community is to your creative process? I feel like um my community of friends and family are already creative. 
Mm. or are all so deeply creative that like that's the community that I I really need to make the work that I make. Um, They also like pretty much all live here except for my parents and my sister um, and my friends from college. But also the life of a um, the community the community here is really important, but it's not some something that I lean on very often because we're not home that often. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like when we're, when we're on cycle, this is the longest break we've ever taken. And even then, like we both did tours inside of this year. Mm. Um, and with our separate projects and normally I've gone nine months out of the year. That's a long time. So it's a long time. <laughs> And sort of on that on that note, um, what does what does rest and like self care look like for you? <laughs> like when you do have that time and that space. Oh my gosh! Um, it usually looks like me making potholders and playing Skyrim. <laughs> um, Incredible. And yeah, um, I'm playing Hollow Knight right now or like I'm right at the end of Hollow Knight and I'm going into playing Skyrim. I'm really excited about a new game that's coming out for Switch soon that just got delayed and it is called Gods and Monsters and it's about you get to be like a cute little little warrior and like a Greek landscape where you get to like fight mythical beings which I'm really excited about. That's, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, I go out to a lot of dinners with friends um, and I make a lot of very involved recipes. Very involved recipes. Now, how many uh, how many pot holders do you think you've churned out in this season of rest? You know, I haven't made. I've been kind of off it. Mm. But like last Christmas season, I think I made like ten, and I gave them to everybody who's present. <laughs> That's really nice. It's always so good to like lean on that that creativity during Christmas during Christmas time so you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on on gifts mine was like making 100%. candles for a while it's like oh hell yeah. yeah that's good so I was like you get a candle and you get a candle and hey guess what you get a candle so it's really nice oh. to be able to. yeah um well listen I don't I don't want to take too much of your time up and I'm, I'm really thankful for you putting aside this time to talk um so I have a couple like rapid fire questions I want to ask you. Are you, oh, I love you down those. for that? Yes, I'm okay. ready. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So, um, just, just a couple of them and, and just don't think, just go. Okay. All right. You got it. All right. Your, what's your go-to coffee order? Just drip. No room for cream. No room for cream. Just black drip coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, favorite local spot? Um, I like to go to the Pinhook. Okay. Um, f- favorite television character that's ever been written? That's ever been written? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Um, probably, I want to say Buffy right now. Okay, Buffy. All right, what books are on your nightstand? Um, Cersei. What's your favorite candle scent? I like the fur candles. <laughs> That's a really good scent. That's a, that's a great scent. Yeah, it's my favorite. It's so delicious. <laughs> those are my those are my rapid fire questions. You answered them so so quickly. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, you say rapid fire, I'm there. Yeah. So <laughs> I. <laughs> so just a, some closing things here. Um, 
what has been something that has inspired you over this winter season? I read uh, Jeff Tweedy's autobiography, um, which is called, I think, like, Hurry Up So We Can so we can Come Back. Or, is it, or I forget exactly what it's called, but in it, he talked about how he thinks that his job as an artist is to be constantly inspired. Hmm. And that has been really feeding me because it's just a new part of my job where I... Like I now consider all of the media that I take in to be me feeding my creative self. Yeah. So instead of leaning on things that give me comfort all the time, I also have to be doing things that are exciting and new. So yeah. I've been like not rereading books, which is something <laughs> that I do all of the time when I'm on tour or like not rewatching shows because I'll, you know, usually if left to my druthers, I might rewatch the Gilmore girls all the time. I'm there with you. Um, So I'm not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) What, what things are you turning to instead? I've been reading just like trying to, I listen to a lot of audiobooks and read a lot. So I'm just working on like oscillating between like classics and new things. So right now I'm reading Cersei I just finished uh, Daisy Jones and the Six, whose author I interviewed um, for a book festival here, which was really fun. It was the first time I'd ever done an interview, which was great. Um, And then, yeah, so I'm reading those, and I'm watching Frankie and Grace and Frankie, or Frankie and Grace. I can never remember which order the names (laughs) go in, but... Me and Molly and Alexander have all been getting together and watching that show and just weeping all of the time, <laughs> uh, which is like, it's a really comforting show, but also like the writing is really good and super inspiring. Oh, um, that's the best kind. Yeah. And also Picard, the new Star Trek series, which is like executive produced by Michael Chabon and he's writing a bunch of the episodes and they're so excellent. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. That's really I'm also cool. like a huge Star Trek fan, if you can't tell. I'm a massive dork. I do remember the only thing that I know about Star Trek was that my my parents used to have it on in the mornings before school. And so, like, I have these, like, vague, fuzzy memories of, like, um, oh, what's the guy from Reading Rainbow? Um, LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Of just, like, LeVar Burton with that, you know, thing across his eyeballs. So that's that's Mm -hmm. what I know of Star Trek. Um, (laughs) But... Cool. Um, I would highly recommend. It's on Netflix right now. It's really good. And the way you should do it is you should watch the pilot episode and then start halfway through season three. Okay, that sounds like some some serious advice. Like, you know what you're talking about with that. So I'm inclined to take you up on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, Amelia, thank you so much for, for chatting thank you. with me. And um, yeah. good luck with getting the record finished. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for all your thoughtful questions. I really yeah. appreciate it. I hope you have a great Nothing. dinner right. with your Thank was you. it your parents in law? Yeah, my in laws. Mm-hmm. The in laws. Have a great dinner with the in laws. Thank you, I will. All right. All right. Thanks so Bye much. I do. Bye. Okay. Bye. This has been a Comfort Monk production. <laughs> <laughs>